0: You know you are capable of more, because you have a burning desire to get the absolute most out of your career and life, to starve your fears, to follow your dreams, and to realize your true potential. And we are going to do that together. This is the Own Your Career, Own Your Life podcast. Are you ready? Let's go. Are you ready for some motivation to go out and achieve your career goals? Are you looking for some habits to help you be more effective and successful in your career? Hi, I'm Andy Storch, I'm your summit host, and I am excited to introduce you to our next legendary speaker, Erica Pierce is a leadership coach, attorney, author, and speaker, and after spending over 15 years in corporate leadership positions, she now works with organizations to develop their professionals by ensuring they have the right tools and resources to excel in their organizations and become high-performing leaders. She's the author of the Millennials Playbook to Adulting and the Seven Habits of Successful Millennial Leaders and hosts the Millennial Boardroom podcast. Erica believes that leadership is a journey, not a destination. And I'm excited to have her with us on our journey in this summit. Erica, welcome. Thank you for being here.
1: Thank you, Andy. Wow. You make me feel <laughs> so good with that introduction. <laughs>
0: That's what it's all about. Pumping you up, pumping the audience up, getting everybody excited to be here. Um, Erica, you and I have been friends for probably a year now. We, we talk often and I love all the stuff that you're doing. And I'm excited to dig into some of this stuff today. And, you know, there's a lot of people moving around in the world. We hear about the great resignation and, um, you know, the the great reshuffle, whatever you want to call it. And on this summit, we've we've talked with a couple of speakers about how to define your purpose and how to figure out what your dream job is and how to get your resume right and how to you know, nail that job interview. Um, but I want to talk with you about once we get in that job, how do we ensure that we are successful? So, um, But let's start at where a lot of people are. And you say that a lot of people are overlooked, underpaid, and undervalued. Why do you say that?
1: Well, when I talk with some of the professionals that I work with, or even when I'm, you know, reading different um, articles or, or blogs, there's a couple of common themes, right? People feel like I should be in a higher position than I'm in. I should be paid more. I'm not getting credit for the work that I'm doing. Um, or it's really hard, especially right now, if they're working remotely, to still stay visible, right? And so I say, these are all, again, it's, it's basically three common buckets. And so I challenge people, well, what are you doing about it? How are you overcoming those challenges? I'm someone that believes like you always have to be solution driven, not always problem focused. And so I I think for people, these are just common issues that they don't always really know what, how to have a strategy to deal with them. So that's why I, I think it's such a really important area to be focused on, because these are all areas that you can somewhat control, but you have to have a strategy to really overcome them.
0: Yeah, I agree completely, like without that strategy, there's so much uncertainty. And now there's more options than ever. But people are also overworked. Like you said, this whole idea of working from home is great flexibility, but the computer is always there. The demands keep going up. People haven't been taking vacations. So are you seeing a lot more stress and anxiety around the jobs people are doing as well?
1: Absolutely. I mean, I know for myself, especially in my corporate career, um, in my last role, I was remote fully before COVID, and it was definitely a situation where, you know, you'd have a hard time separating that work and home life because your computer is always there. You know, you might end your day, but take your laptop to your couch and, you know, you don't really have those separations, but they're incredibly important. If you want to be high performing, if you want to be productive, um, you have to be able to have that balance and to be able to separate out separate it out because you're going to burn out you know i always tell people you're not going to overwork me i'm an extremely hard worker but i recognize that you have to have that time um, to decompress to think i'm a big person a big proponent of thinking carving out time Mm. to think and if you're not doing that um, you really will see your career suffer
0: Yeah, I agree with you completely. We need that time to do deep work, important work, thinking work, and everybody's always in reaction mode all the time, things coming at us all the time. Um, I try to make time for that every morning and I want to get into some of your habits as well, but let's take a step back if we're we're coming into a new job or we're trying to do a little reset on where we are in our job and our career. uh, What are some things that we can do that people can do to help set ourselves up for success with let's say a new job. So I would
1: say, especially with a new job, um, before you go in that first day, that first week, you need to almost outline what your own onboarding process is. So one of the downsides, I, I think, across many organizations, especially if you're starting your job remotely, is that the onboarding looks a little bit different than it probably did when you went in you know, to the office and you sat in different people's office, someone took you to lunch, all of those things. And so it's really up to you to make sure that you are properly onboarded especially if you're walking into an organization where they're on they remote onboarding, especially if their process um, is a little bit, you know, <laughs> like you're just kind of sitting around waiting to see what happens. So before you start, I would start to do your research. You know, think about who are the people that you want to make sure that you meet with, um, even if they don't, you know, put them on your calendar? How can you get on their calendar? Make sure that you do some research about the the company. Uh, you know, so many times I see people, especially depending on where you are in your career, you're focused on just that day to day, which in the beginning you want to focus on that day to day to be successful. But before you start do a deep dive into the broader big picture of the company. Spend some time on their website, check out their news section, see what's going on. You know, if they're publicly traded, maybe listen to their last earnings calls. So you want to make sure you walk in really knowing a lot more about the company than just what was in that job description or what you learned um, during the interview process. And then come armed with a plan. Set three goals, for example, that you know you want to accomplish in that first 90 days. So that's one of the things that I think is important is that we sometimes are often relying on other people to create what that strategy again looks like, but make, create your own onboarding process and outline what you want to make sure that you accomplish and check yourself, do your check-ins the same way that, you know, someone else would check in with you.
0: Yeah, really, this goes back to the theme of the whole summit of owning your career, right? You can Absolutely. own that onboarding process. Yeah, don't sit the there onboarding. and wait. Yeah. Don't sit there and wait for others to tell you what to do. You got to own it.
1: Yeah, I have someone um, that recently that's in my community that I run, um, the Millennial Boardroom, that actually had a very a, a very similar situation where they were starting a new job and they said that they had not you know received the schedule they talked to their boss once the first week they really weren't sure what exactly to do and again in this remote space it's easy to kind of be forgotten about mm-hmm. but that's where you have to go and, and say even to your boss a colleague are there meetings that I could be sitting on that I could listen in on is there anything that I could read especially ahead of time before you even start. So if you really show that you're a proactive employee at the very beginning, then you'll see that people will start to include you, that you'll really start to you know, fall into the flow. But if you are out of sight, you will definitely continue to stay out of mind. And that could be a continual theme for the rest of your time at that organization, which is a huge risk for your career.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right. So we've been onboarding, we're we're in a job or, you know, people that have been in a job for a while and and they like their job, their career, their company, they want to move up, right? They want to be promoted. They want to be successful. They want to at least feel valued and like they're contributing. Uh, What are some of the tactics and strategies that you coach people on to help them be promoted and, and more valued at work? So the number one thing I always tell people, especially when they come and say, I wanna get a new
1: role at my company, or I wanna be paid more, I wanna be valued more, you have to have a career action plan. Um, again, you know, I know I keep going back to this <laughs> strategy, but yeah. I believe a couple of things. Number one, ambition alone will not get you across that finish line. It will not get you to the next level. You have to have ambition and a strategy. And then number two, and this again goes with the theme I think of the <laughs> of the summit, is yeah. no one cares about your career as much as you. Mm-hmm. So if you don't create that plan, don't expect that your boss has a career action plan for you, or you can just rely on whatever the career path looks like in your organization. No, you have to have a very specific plan that really outlines the steps that you will take to make sure that you are visible, that you are getting results, and that you're moving towards that raise or that promotion that you're seeking. And so as part of that, you know, I always recommend people do a stakeholder analysis. So that really entails looking at your role that you want to be in, not your current role, but the role you want to be in and thinking about all of the stakeholders that really matter as far as you getting there. Mm-hmm. I see so many people rely on only their boss, right? They say, oh, I have a great relationship with my boss. You know, that's I'm good. I'm good. I'm fine. Well, your boss is usually only one stakeholder in the whole process of you getting to that next level. There's probably other people that may, you know, are adjacent to your role that you want to think of. There's probably external people. Maybe you're in a client-facing role. Then how your what your clients think of you, that matters as well. Mm-hmm. So you want to think about how you're going to interface with them, how you're going to interact with them. Um, you should also think about any results and, and how you're going to position yourself as very valuable to the organization. So are there stretch assignments? Are there different things that you can be doing to get more visibility? Are you having skip level meetings? Meeting, are you meeting with people that are above your boss? Not to go and tell on your boss or, you know, do any of those things, but just to develop relationships and to share with other people beyond your immediate Uh, direct supervisor what your value is, what results that you're driving. So those are the types of things that you put into your career action plan. And then the hard part comes, you have to act on the plan. Mm -hmm. And this isn't a 30-day plan for most people, right? It's usually a, it could be 90, it could be a one-year plan, depending on what that next role looks like, could be longer than that. So you want to have check-ins where you're actually making sure that you are accomplishing those steps that are necessary to get you to that next role. And from there, you want to make sure that you have a date set in terms of, of, if this role doesn't happen, or if I if I can't evolve or advance, then perhaps is it time for me to think about moving to a different organization, a different department, but you also, also want to have that factored in as well.
0: Yeah, it's, it's worth looking around, but of course, we want to start with where we are and, and see Absolutely. how we can put a plan together to move up, and I, I like that you mentioned the importance of um, getting meetings and, and building relationships with other stakeholders besides just your manager. It's great to have a good relationship with your manager, but what if your manager leaves or you know, there's more people involved in the next promotion meeting?
1: I've seen it happen so many times i mean there's a there's a situation i I recently um, was asked for some advice with where someone uh, was up for a role in their company and um, really felt secure that they would get it because their boss was on the panel of people that was interviewing um, for the role and the um, and was and this person was surprised when the job actually went to someone else and when he talked to his boss about it, what he was told was of the panel, I, I could speak really well about you, but no one else really had knew who you were. They, they really hadn't experienced you the way that I had. But the other person, while they had less experience, they had done the necessary networking, everybody in the panel could talk about this person and speak about whether or not they would be a good fit for the role. So to me, that was such a great example of how if you just focus on just one person in your organization, um, as far as your relationship building, your networking, you really will be doing yourself a disservice when it comes time for decision making. Because oftentimes, it's not up to just one person, um, when the decision is being made about going into that next level, be it a promotion or even a raise.
0: Oh, so important. And this is why, you know, we talk about networking being really important. Um, And I talk in my book and on this summit as well about the importance of your personal brand, your reputation, right. And being intentional with that, because when that promotion discussion goes comes happens, you're not going to be in the room, right? So it's going to come down to what do people in that room think about you. And if they don't have a favorable impression, or they don't know who you are, or the work that you've done, then you may not get that job. Even if you feel like you're highly qualified, it's not just about the work that you can do or your skills, it's about the brand and the reputation that you have in the workplace.
1: Exactly, I mean, if you think about it, most decisions about your career will happen when you're not in the room, that's Mm -hmm. just the bottom line. You may be, you might interview, but when the decision is happening, You're not going to be in the room. So, you know, and that goes to even when you're even projects to work on, when they're deciding who gets to, you know, be the person who talks to a client or who does um, certain types of, uh, you know, leadership roles, any of that, you will likely not be in the room. So, your personal brand, uh, making sure that everyone has had a positive experience with you, that they value you, that they know your results you have to be the person that does that. And it cannot just be to that one person in your organization.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Now, I know that uh, similar on these lines, you run a program uh, to help black leaders in corporate America become more successful in their careers, right? which I absolutely love that you launched this uh, this year. And I know it's already, uh, you've got some great people in there. Um, What would you add for members of Underrepresented groups who, you know, frankly have had more challenges, right, historically in getting that attention, building that brand, you know, having their name come up for promotions and feeling like they are heard and seen and valued. Uh, What would you add for members of that group that are looking to, uh, you know, develop their reputation and, of course, get promoted and feel valued as well?
1: So I I think one of the things that certainly makes, a little bit of a distinction when you think about people of color, when especially in corporate roles. I mean, because what we know from the data is that at those senior levels, uh, we certainly don't see as much representation of, of people of color. And I, I think one of the reasons that's often cited, and I even think about in my career, um, how one of the things that was really critical in my career that I had, but I don't always see other people have this, is sponsorship. Um, making sure that you really have sponsorship uh, and, and in terms of your you know, board of directors as I, I call it. And that again, goes back to networking and people often have mentors, right? People they go to for advice, people who can give them counsel but sponsorship is really ensuring that there is someone who will open doors for you. There is someone who can can speak about you when you are not around, um, who really will push you and promote you for new opportunities um, even that you might not even be aware of. And so, and I, I think when we th- think about specifically um, people of color, that making sure that you have sponsorship within your organization, that is critically important. And sometimes you know, that can look a lot of different ways. I mean, it, it, it goes back again to taking control. So you, some people feel like, well, there's no one that I have in my organization um, that I have that relationship with. Well, then that really, I would, I would go back and challenge and say, how do you change that? what are some of the conversations or networking that you need to be doing? I mean, oftentimes, we are intimidated by doing something like asking another leader of a different department um, to, you know, talk with us, just having career conversations. Uh, Those types of things are, are really critically important. I also think that Making sure that your career career aspirations and goals are there, are known um, is important for everyone, but especially for um, people of color that are in these corporate organizations. I mean, oftentimes we make assumptions. Oh, they know that I want to be in that senior role, or they know that I would be a great person for that project. Yeah. But if you cannot just make those assumptions. You want to make sure that it's known. Um, you want to make sure, again, that you are seen, that your results are there. There, that they're visible. So, I would say having that visibility strategy and having that sponsorship, again, important for everyone, but specifically for those of color that are in organizations. Um, I think it's something that has to be a priority. And you really want to make sure that you spend some time thinking about what you're doing to get both of those areas set up, to set yourself up for success in both of those areas.
0: Yeah. Uh, one follow up on that that people might be wondering does it matter? Uh, do you need to get specific on who that potential sponsor is? Are you looking for another person of color who has made it? Or are you looking for, uh, you know, someone different or just anybody who is senior who you build a relationship with who you know can mentor you?
1: So I, I don't think it necessarily matters in terms of, you know, that the person's ethnicity or, you know, whether it's a man or a woman. Um, I think what's most important is that they are in a, you know, they're at a higher level. So your mentors don't always even have to be at your, they don't have to be at a higher level. They're just someone that you go to. But sponsors have to be someone who they have a level of, um, you know, decision-making power. They, they do have the ability to, you know, in some ways change the trajectory of your career, right? They could pick yeah. you up and drop you <laughs> into a place if they believe in you. And so I know in my career, um, most of my sponsors were, did, were, did not look like me, um, but I had really strong relationships with them. I made sure I nurtured those relationships. I made sure that I did not let them down. If they were to put my name in for an opportunity, or if they said to me, Erica, there's someone I want to introduce you to, or I think you should go for this opportunity and I'm going to recommend you. I would never then, you know, not follow through or not do my part, because that's the thing that's really important about sponsorship is that this person is willing to put their name on the line for you and everyone won't do that for you. Um, So you want to make sure the people that do do it for you you follow through, you don't let them down, but I don't think it, that has to be anyone that necessarily, um, it, you know, it, it looks like you, I yeah. just think relationship is the key factor.
0: I'm glad you made that delineation too, that a, a mentor really could come from anywhere. Mentors could be younger than you. They could yeah. mentor you on a certain subject. Uh, you and I are the exact same age, right? And we, yeah. I think mentor and inspire each other. Uh, on a number of things uh, but a sponsor is traditionally someone who is more senior who can really help put you in the right position to move up, get a promotion, um, be more successful in your career and of course you want to nurture that relationship and as you said, uh, really come through when they're putting their reputation on the line to make sure that you're um, you know you're justifying that
1: Absolutely, absolutely. You know, one of my sponsors, I worked at a company um, in my early 20s, I think, gosh, early 20s to um, or late 20s to early 30s. And I ended up developing a wonderful relationship with the CEO. And we are still in touch today. Um, he certainly, even now in my in the space that I'm in now, I consider him a sponsor, right? He sits on boards. He could call me tomorrow and say, you know, Erica, I have a board seat that I want you to go for, or uh, there's, uh, you know, a, a leadership opportunity that I want you um, to pursue. So also recognize that these are long-term relationships. You know, this is, I'm now in my 40s, and this is someone who I met in my 20s. But again, I have nurtured that relationship throughout My career, um, and I've never I made sure never to let him down when he has done things for me. But yes, it is someone who is at that type of level, doesn't have to be the CEO, so now I want to put that into the mind of everyone. But
0: (laughs) not everybody can be Erica (laughs) hanging out with the CEO, but I wanted somebody who can be influential. I I appreciate that. Um, the last thing I want to ask you about. Uh, Erica, is uh, you wrote a, a book on the seven daily habits of successful millennial leaders. I wonder if you could share a couple of those habits that can help set us up for success.
1: Yes, yeah, sure, absolutely. Well, you know, I believe that success is really just the habits that you have every day whenever people ask, you know, like, what makes someone successful? What are those distinctions? If you look at their habits, you'll likely be able to see some common themes. And, um, you know, one of the first habits that I have in the book, and it seems simple, is uh, making your bed every single day. And, you know, we've heard that before. There's actually a great general that did a commencement speech around this topic. But really, the whole idea there is that you want to make sure that you start your day with a win. You want to start your day already committing um, to doing something that feels, feels like you accomplish and something as small as making your bed every day. Um, you'd be surprised. And I think there's data and studies behind it as, as well, in terms of how, you know, the, how, just by doing that small task, you were setting yourself up for other to, to accomplish and complete other small tasks throughout the day. Um, the other thing I would say, which is a great habit, big proponent of this, and it goes back to my um, recommendation of making time to think, is making sure that you have some time for self-reflection, either daily, weekly, but about your career. So we do a lot of self-reflection, or you should be doing a lot of self-reflection um, about you know, life in general. I believe that that is really important. But I do believe that if you're someone who's ambitious and who has a strategy about their career... Carving out some time um, once a week, perhaps, and just doing some journaling about what you accomplished this week. Um, What are some of the challenges that you had this week? Who are some of the people that you maybe interacted with this week that um, you you wanna make sure that you capture? So making that a, a habit, Um, I I think it's definitely a really key way to make sure that you are um, taking that reflection and then able to utilize that as you put it into action in your strategy.
0: I agree with you. Um, Establishing these habits, and and I think just, you know, if you want to achieve big goals, it's going to come down to the habits you establish what are you doing on a regular basis to achieve those and the whole idea of making your bed while i'm not the best at that uh, <laughs> i've heard many people talk about the sense of accomplishment yep. and you know how that can help keep you know propelling you forward um, i also inter- uh, interviewed antonio Neves on this summit and he talked about one of his non-negotiable things he wants to do every day is accomplish something, you know, where you feel like you've accomplished something. It kind of motivates you to go do the next thing. And I feel like we've accomplished something with this interview. Something you want to add?
1: yeah no i was gonna say and i believe and i love that he said that and i believe celebrate those wins right even if it's small um everything doesn't have to be like this oh i you know had this huge win but if you want to get momentum celebrate the small wins and that'll keep keep you with great momentum throughout the day so yeah i'm going to celebrate having a great interview with you (laughs) today and this summit as being uh, one of my accomplishments
0: (laughs) yes i love it Uh, erica For people listening uh, and watching uh, who want to learn more about the work you're doing uh, with the Millennial Boardroom and everything else, where's the best place for them to go?
1: Uh, they can check out my website, which is erikapeers.com. Erica's with an A, A R I K A, peers.com. Also, follow me on Instagram. So, my Instagram handle is uh, the Millennial Boardroom, which is, again, the online community that I run for uh, ambitious millennial professionals. And so, I post lots of great tips and resources, I'm trying to do more reels, but that doesn't come as naturally to me. But
0: <laughs> uh, I love your <laughs> I Instagram. Try to make it content.
1: fun. Um, but But that's another great place just to keep up, but also just to get some great resources For your career. I
0: post almost daily there. I love your stuff on Instagram. I I see most of (laughs) it and I'm always learning things, which is great. Um, Erica, we covered a lot of ground in this interview. We talked about why people are overworked and undervalued, why so many people are stressed out and anxious. We talked about the importance of making time to think and take care of ourselves, how to set ourselves up for success in a new job. Uh, Before starting a new job, you talked about doing your research, getting uh, meeting with people and getting to know the job and, and really owning that onboarding process. Um, You also talked about how to be more valued and get promoted at work by doing things like um, making a career action plan, realizing that nobody cares more about your career than you do, building relationships and with multiple stakeholders, taking stretch assignments for more visibility, having skip meetings with higher ups, uh, and having uh, more of an action plan so you know where you're going to go. We also talked about the importance of brand and reputation uh, and how important decisions are often made without you in the room. We talked about the importance of sponsorship And uh, for people of color, how to really think about approaching that and and finding the right sponsor to help you. We talked about mentors. We talked about success coming down to habits, uh, including making the bed and making time for regular self-reflection on your career. Do what Erica said, make some time for self-reflection, whether it's tonight, early tomorrow morning with a cup of coffee or a cup of tea, go for a walk and think about, you know, where are you going with your career? Do you have an action plan uh, and start to put that together? Thank you again. I'm Andy Storch. We'll see you on the next one.